new series beginning right now. New series. I wore this old school shirt today. It's not really old school, but it is older shirt because this is a series we're starting today. I am the heart. Will you say that with me? I am the heart. I am the heart. And once a year we do what we call a vision series. And it's all about the vision at Heart of the City Church. We want people, when they walk up to if this is your home, we want people, when they walk up to you and say, what's the heart about? Uh, that you can tell them what the heart is about. It's about we are to be a people after God's own heart. Will you say that with me? To be a people after God's own heart. And there's four elements to that that's very, very important. I think it's going to be on the, the big screen. Uh, number one, know God. Say that with me, know God. Know God. God. Find freedom. Everyone say find freedom. Find freedom. Discover, purpose. Discover purpose. And make a difference. Make a difference. Those are the four beautiful, powerful elements of Heart of the City Church is to know God. That's what I'm going to be talking about today is know God. Find freedom through small groups. Uh, discover purpose. We believe that growth track can help you do that and to make a difference. Being on a team, you can make a difference. Now, there's all kinds of ways that you can know God and find freedom and, and discover your purpose and make a difference. These are just four elements that we believe that can help you here at Heart of the City Church in those ways to be a people after God's own heart. If you are today, say this with me, know God. That's what I'm focusing on is you and I to know God. How many know that's very, very important? You to know God. You to yada God. Intimacy with the Father. If you're from the 80s, if you ever want to turn on a song, young people, that would cause your parents to get up, move, and groove, 1988, it takes two. You may not know what it is, but if you turn it on, I guarantee you, your parents, especially if they're from the South, they're going to get up and start moving. It takes two to make a thing go right. Mm -mm. It takes two to make it out of sight. How many of you remember that? All you got to do is turn that on. And for some of you that didn't know that, I don't know where you lived. You may have lived on Mars. I don't know. It takes two, and the reason why I bring that up today is because everything I'm going to be talking about, it takes two when it comes to your relationship to know God. It takes two or it takes more. I want you to listen to the scripture today, very, very powerful scripture out of Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Say that with me, all of your heart. With all of your soul and with all of your strength. Above all, we're to love God. The greatest relationship in this room and in your life is God. Above your spouse. I love my beautiful wife on the front right there, but I love God more. J.O., that, uh, J.O., hey, you want your spouse to love God more than they love you. That's going to keep your marriage going, flourishing, revival. 
Because in him we move, we live and move, and we have our being. Above my kids, as much as I love my kids, above everything, anything in this culture and on this earth, I love God more. And everything I'm going to be talking about today when it comes to knowing God, it takes time. That's one of the main elements about knowing God is time. In a very, very busy culture, everything busy, everything microwave, everything fast food is it takes time. Say that with me, time. If you're going to know anyone in any relationship, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, you're going to have to spend time with them. And so everything that I'm talking about today it's mixed with time. If you don't have time with God, your relationship is going to be very, very shallow. And then it's like, how do I know God? I want to share four elements today of you knowing God. The four elements that I that's helped me throughout my entire 30 plus years of, of seeking God since 1986, so forth and so on. Four elements of knowing God. And, and that's a life of in His Word. That's a life of prayer. That's a life of the gospel, and that's a life in his church. Those are like four main elements of you and I knowing God. If you're not willing to spend time in the word and in prayer and in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the church, you're going to struggle with knowing God. It's like you getting married to someone and you have an extravagant $30,000 wedding and it's beautiful, you have a wonderful vacation, but after that, you never spend time with that person. Never take them on a date, never buy them a present, you never spend any time. That's going to be a struggling relationship. Are you feeling me? Everyone say it takes two and it takes time. The first one I want to talk about today is a life of you being in the Word of God. Not just a day in the Word of God, not just an hour in the Word of God, but a life in prayer. I've met with Rob Elder for many, many, many years, Tuesday, 3 o'clock, and he's always telling me his favorite book, I guarantee you the Bible, is Proverbs, and he's in it most days. And he's always come to me going, J.O., if you just tell people to read a Proverbs every day, it'll change their life, right? Something like that. And it's a, it's a fact, the Word of God, a life in the Word of God. Uh, I personally know one book personally. Man, I'm all about the Word of God. It, there's all kinds of bi uh, books out there, but, but I want to let you know, I'm not impressed with you if you, I just, I'm just not. I'm not impressed with you if you read 30 books. You're like, I read 30 books this year. Read 40 books this year. Well, do you know the Bible? Well, no, but I read 30 books. I'm not impressed that you read 30 books on whatever it may be, self-help books. You know how you can help yourself? The Bible tells you exactly how to help yourself. You ready for a self-help book? You die to self. See, the Bible tells you everything that you need to know about life. So what? You read 30, 40 books. Now, if you can read 30, 40 books and be in the Word of God, my wife can devour books. But her number one book is the Bible. I've watched her for many years. So if you can devour books and devour the Word of God, so be it. But if you're all about other books and you're not in the Word of God, you, let me tell you what to do with those other books. Can I give you a clue today? Let me just give you some pastoral advice. You take those 30 books and you take them to the garbage and you throw them away. Jail, that's so narrow-minded. I'm going to tell you right now, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that this is the only, this is the only living word out there. 
It's the only word that's alive. It's the only, how do you think that we will ever know God if you're not in his word? Everything we know about God is in his word. Everything that we've known about at creation, where you came from, where, how God knew you, how you were birthed, all those things come from the word of God. If you meditate in the day and night, like Psalms 1 says, you will prosper in all of your ways. You're going to be fruitful and multiply. You're going to be fruitful and be blessed all of your days for the man who meditates on the word of God day and night, a life through the word of God. Are are, are you feeling me today? Psalms 119, it's a long Psalms, but it talks a lot about the word of God. It talks a lot about the law of God. And it says this, Psalms 119, 10 through 16, it says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statues. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoice in the ways of your testimonies as much as in all the riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statues. I will not forget your word. I, wanna, uh, st- I, I just want to bring out five different words in those passages. When it comes to the word of God, first of all, your whole heart needs to be involved. Say that with me, whole heart. Your whole heart needs to be involved when you dive into the word of God. Whole heart involved. It's not like reading the Reader's Digest. It's not the newspaper, yo. It's the word of God. The next one is, He hid the word of God. Everyone say hide. You want to hide the word of God in your heart as a lamp into your feet, a light unto your path. How can a man cleanse his way by taking heed to thy word, hiding the word of God in your heart? The next one is declare. Say that with me, declare. Speaking out the word of God goes out of your mouth into your ear, down into your heart, and it will change your life. You declare the word of God. Everyone say meditate. Meditate. He said he meditated on the word of God. Just like that cow chewing his cud. (laughs) Meditating on on the word of God. What else did he do? He delighted in the Word of God. Say that with me, delight. You don't have to read the Word of God. You get to read the Word of God. When folks in China get a Bible, it's like, oh, you got 22 of them that you don't read at your house. One person gets the Word of God in China. It's just like, All heaven broke loose, delighting in the word of God. Listen to what Joshua 1, 8 says. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, it's not just about reading it and meditating and hiding it, but it's actually 
doing it is what changes your life. It's doing the Word of God. Activating the Word of God. Put it into action. If you're going to know God, I promise you. I'm, I'm going to bounce. i got to get to the other three. I want to get to the other three. But you have to have a life of God's Word. i got a question for you today. How many of you have ever read the Word of God cover to cover? If you have, just raise your hand. Read the Word of God cover to cover. Uh, I would say three quarters. God bless you. I'm excited. How many of you have read the, the Bible cover to cover multiple times? Good, good, good. I want to encourage you. Read it cover to cover. Read it cover to cover many times. I'm reading two Bibles right now for each one of my twins. They're not my twins. They're our twin grandboys. But I'm reading them cover to cover, and I write in to them every day uh, as I go through the passages. Listen, if you're going to know God, you have to know his word. You will not know God without knowing his word. Everything that we know of God and who he is is from his word. Are you feeling me? I heard someone just the other day was talking on TV going, well, you know, you can't just kind of, you know, not go with what you feel and what you hear, what you sense, because, you know, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they didn't have a Bible, and different ones didn't have a Bible. And I was thinking, I get that. I get that. But we do have a Bible. And I'm going to tell you right now, that word of God is so much more higher than what I feel and what I sense and what I hear is the greatest authority in all the land. Just the other day, just say this with me, J.O. loves Mormons. I love Mormons. I love Mormons. I have Mormon friends. I love them. But the other day on Instagram, there was these two Mormons, and they were talking about how the Book of Mormon teams with the Bible. And I was like, oh, this is really bugging me. <laughs> I don't like to hear something that is untrue and just go not say anything about it. So I'm like, but I'm going to do it. It's the greatest authority you don't need. Nothing teams with the word of God. Nothing teams. You don't need anything to team with the word of God. And you wouldn't believe I have had people like my thing, you know, and so forth. I just couldn't take it. Like to compare something with God's word. It's just not true. It's the greatest. It's the book of them all. You know, the Lord of the Rings, the Ring of All. It's the book of all. The Word of God. And I hope that you value it because if you're going to know God, you're going to have to know His Word. If you haven't begun that, please begin that in your life. A life of prayer. A life of prayer. Say that with me, a life of prayer. It's not just praying occasionally and over your food, even though all those things is good. Do all of that. But it's actually a life of prayer. Paul talked this way, pray without ceasing. Just a constant communication with God. A life of prayer. The greatest way to pray and to learn to pray is to pray with people who pray. Most, a lot of people, I don't know how to pray. 
Just come on, you know, pray with people who pray. Look at that. The greatest way to pray and to learn to pray is to pray with people who pray. Yesterday, we prayed. We prayed. Wednesdays, noon, we had to move from vertical room into the community room because so many people are coming to pray. Tuesday mornings at 7, Thursday mornings at 7. If you don't know how to pray, come and learn to pray with people who pray. Because God, if you're going to know God, you're going to have to have a life of prayer. Not just occasionally praying, but having a life of prayer. And let me tag something on to a life of prayer. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Those are, I'm giving you nuggets out of my own life today that's helped me to know Father God in heaven. Praying and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't say water. I said baptize. John the Baptist says, he who comes after me. I'm not worthy to tie his shoes. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's like the Holy Spirit's your coach. Spencer's a coach right there in, in baseball in the area of pitching. He's going to show you. He pitched in college. He's going to show you how to pitch a ball. He's going to show you how to get the bat, how to throw a curveball, screwball. I don't know what all he's got in his, in his gifts. But I'm just going to say, coach, you need the coach of the Holy Spirit. Your husband's driving you crazy. Are you baptizing the Holy Ghost? You say, my wife is whacked out, jacked up, screwed up. I, what's wrong with my wife? Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. He'll teach you. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's our guide. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's the one that fills us. He's the one that anoints our life. He empowers you. Every day, the Holy Spirit, he's the truth teller. He's our leader, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's a combination of prayer and the Holy Spirit. To know God. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things in which you do not know. What a powerful scripture. You know, people die, the Bible says, for the lack of knowledge. Not because of your lack of faith or church attendance, because of the lack of knowledge. And I tell you what, God holds the secrets. He holds everything. Call to him, and he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Everyone say that with me. Say this with me, a life of prayer. A life in his word. And a life of prayer. And the next one I want to talk about, I'm just telling you things that sustain me throughout my life when it comes to knowing God. We say, hey, at Heart of the City Church, the greatest way that you're going to know God, or one way that you're going to know God, is on Sunday mornings and Saturday nights. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because we come and we worship and God's presence and so forth and so on. It's a beautiful, but it's not the only way. 
Because I do way more than what I do on Saturday and Sundays here to know my Father every day. The next area of this is I have one message. One message I preach. It's like you call my house and, you know, old time, you have a recording and you come home and it, it hits. You got one message. You remember that? You got one message. You got one message. I have one message. Many methods, but one message, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And see, you might think that the gospel for Jesus Christ was for you just when you didn't know Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for you every day. Now, it's for you. If you don't know Christ today, or you're unsaved, or unbeliever, or you're an atheist, or gender confused, or a prodigal, whatever that is, the gospel is absolutely for you. It's for the unbeliever. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So if you don't know God today, never met him, don't have a relationship with him, the gospel's for you. The gospel plainly means good news. And by the way, it's not just good news. It's the greatest news on the face of the earth. It's too good to be true. But it is true. Because God steps out of heaven and he does it all. We're sinners. I just don't know if I'm a sinner. You are absolutely a sinner. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. How, do, how can you tell, Jay? Are you judging me? That's easy. Have you ever lied before? Raise your hand if you've lied. You're lying right now if you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> I know you're lying because I guarantee you when you say, oh, I read all the conditions of the Apple phone before I checked terms that I'm going to, you're lying. You ain't read all those conditions and all those terms. And if you have, tell me what it says. I've tried reading it so I wouldn't be a liar. So we've all sinned. He died for us when we were sinners. He saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. For those who feel far from God today, guess what? He's right there knocking on the door of your heart right now. He's there. The gospel is amazing news because the gospel is a person. His name is Jesus. See, we try to fill our heart with stuff. Stuff. The problem is the stuff never works because that void was made for a person, not stuff. It's made for the person of Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven, eternal life, paradise, is a person, Jesus. You begin your journey to heaven when you meet Jesus Christ. I was in um, Nevada just last week. Oh, they'll correct you too. It's Nevada. They'll correct you. It's Nevada. I got corrected like twice. I tell them, I said, hey, my second language, my first language is not, is not English. My first language is Southern. My second language is English. And I was saying Nevada. They're like, no, Jay, it's not Nevada. It's Nevada. 
Okay, 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 okay. I'm in the car trying to remember, what was it? What was it? What was it? Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. I spent two, spent about an hour with two, I call them my friends, new friends, and wonderful people, as new age as you can ever imagine. We say some, I, I think the only thing that we agreed on is there is a God. But they didn't even, I mean, God might be an it to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And energy and sounds and waves. And I'm like, wow, man, so much. And I loved them. I mean, I thought they were very, very cool. I hope to meet them again. I invited them to this banquet that I spoke out, and they came to it, and I was really excited, you know, because I won't go into detail. They had already been invited. They said they weren't going to come. They were busy, but I invited them, and they came, and it was super beautiful. My point is, why all this hurts and all this sound waves and all this the sound moved the rocks, and I'm like, why not just Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's there for the unbeliever, but you better know that he's also there for the believer today. The same God that saved you is saving you today. The same God that healed you is healing you today. The same God that is forgave you back in the 70s or 80s or whenever you got forgiven, he is forgiving you today. He's the same yesterday. The gospel is not just for the unbeliever. It's, it's who sustains you today, the gospel of Jesus Christ. His mercies are new every day. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The gospel is for you and I this very moment. It's not just for those that don't know Christ. You can boldly say, believer, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You can say that today because of the gospel. You can say, you can boldly say, what shall separate me from the love of, of God who's in Christ Jesus? You can say this because the gospel is for you today. You can say, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers nor things present or things to come any of those things is going to separate me from god's love because the gospel is alive and powerful for you today as the believer it's not like you got saved from all of your stuff 30 years ago and all of a sudden he doesn't forgive today if you're a believer, you still got stuff. And his grace is amazing today. I got, I, I got saved in 86, but I tell you what, I need that grace in 2023, yo. And it's still amazing, the gospel. His saving power, his amazing grace, his unfailing love, his great mercy didn't stop after you met Jesus. He's there for you today. Everyone say the gospel. A life of the word of God. Please walk out with four things today. If you can't even remember the four things, I'm not convinced that you're going to be in the word. A life of prayer. 
a life of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not at a, you don't go to a mountain like Sinai that cannot be touched, that if you touch it, you're going to get smoked. Jesus has made a way that you can come boldly before the throne, boldly into the presence of God, because it's his righteousness. It's what he's done. It's his work. And the last one is this. A life in his church. A life in his church. And I know you're here. But there is something powerful about being in the church of God. I want to share just for a few minutes in the church and then we're going to be, we're going to go back into worship. The first time the church is mentioned in the scriptures is this. Matthew 16, 18 through 19, one of my wife's favorite scriptures. She's quoted so many times. It says this. This is what, this is what code red Jesus is telling Peter. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He says, I tell you, Jesus says, he's telling you today, I tell you, I will build my church. First of all, it's his church and he builds it. We're humans, we're pastors, we're leaders. We do what we can do, but I'm going to tell you right now, God builds his church. It's his church. He's building one thing on earth. If you want to be part of what God is building, get in the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. There's something about being under the covering of a church. The gates of hell will not prevail. I will give you the keys, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Church is not a noodly, weak, spineless, groovy, hippie, peace, love, and dope, non-governmental place. Church is a powerful place. Church is powerful. You want to know God? Get locked in, rocked in, rooted in, committed to, serving in His church. Stop living on the outside. Stop coming occasionally. Definitely don't be a CEO. Christmas, Eastern, occasionally. My uncle... Jail, my my church is uh uh my, my, my church is the golf is the golf you know go golf on Sunday. What? Hell will prevail against a golf cl club, a golf course. I don't care what you paid for your membership or whatever else you call the church. Church membership was paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by your 1500 bucks a year, whatever it is. Cain brought a, he brought a offering. Cain did, a offering. What was it? Some veggies. Abel brought the offering, the blood. 
We're under the blood. The church is bought powerful under the blood. This church is led by leaders and pastors. It has a spiritual government. It's not noodle-doodle, whatever goes, goes. It's not a pansy week. Well, church is when we get coffee. No, it's not. Church is what God's building on the earth. Church can be absolutely identified. Listen to Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. It says, And he gave the apostles and the prophets and evangelists and shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body of Christ. It's not a couple. Let me tell you what the church is not. Look at me real good. Because this is going to, people are going to get all wadded up right now. It's not a couple that leaves the church because they're offended and they grab two other couples that's been offended at the church and now they gather in the house and they call it church. That's not the church. Well, jail, it's two or more gathering. Jesus meets you where two or more gathering. But the church is very identified. The church is very identified in the church. Well, Jail, what do you mean by it's not where two or more are gathered? Well, in closing today, let me just break that down for you for a minute and show you where that is in the Bible and what it's related to, okay? So it says this in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Amen. You gather, wherever you gather, two or three, he's among you. That doesn't mean that it's the local church or the big C church. Let's back up. What is that setting in? Let's, let's, Let's back up to 18 and 19. Look what it says. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It looks like it's in a setting of prayer. People gathering to pray. Are you following me? Okay. But let's back up just for a minute and let's really look at this more closely than we're going to be done. Look at Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Okay. It says this. If your brother sins against you, Follow me real close. I'm going to make an important point here. It's up there. Follow me. Look what it says. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. So if somebody offends you in the church, you go to that person. Logan, where where were you at, Logan? Oh, he's over there. He's a Pat, man, I didn't like the way you walked to the bathroom. That totally offended me. Let's talk about that. Me and Pat talk. We work it out. Amen. All right? But then if we can't work out, I don't like the way he walks to the bathroom, and I can't work it out with him, then look what the Bible says to do. Follow me. Follow me. But if it does not listen, if he does not listen, Pat, if you don't listen to me, take one or two others. Are you following me? you got to follow this today. Just bear with me. Take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. It went from one-on-one to now two or three. But then look what it says. You ready for this? If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. What's your point, J.O.? Well, if it's two or three people... 
why, if the, if the church is two or three, why do you got to take it to the church? The church is not in some noodle doo wet back, just like noodle, just whatever you want to do. It has a beautiful government. It's what God is building. It's a safe place. It's a, if you get connected with something healthy, guess what happens to you over a period of time? You get healthy. People come to the church. You know what I tell them sometimes? Hey, hey, I don't really want you to get involved because you're not healthy right now. I want you, like, taking a long trip, and there's an exit that says rest area. Pull over and take a rest. I, have, I met with a guy this week. He says, Jay, I didn't even remember telling him. He says, you told me to take a rest. And I did that, and now I'm healthy, and now I'm whole. Praise God. Praise. Sometimes you got to get healthy, and you got to get whole. But to call every time two people gather the church at Starbucks, I got news for you. God's there. He lives in you. But if you want to know God, get connected in the local church. And then the local church makes up the big C church that God is building throughout the entire world. Are you with me today? Number one, if you want to know God, a life in his word. I'm just saying. Number two, a life in prayer. A life of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Living it every day. Come boldly before the throne of grace. And a life in in his church, the bride of Christ. Amen.